Welcome to the Book Evangelist Podcast, here to spread the good news that books and reading will save us all. Lissa and Marion will be talking about what's up in their reading and writing lives, reviewing recent reads, urging each other on to writing triumph, and generally wallowing in the pleasure of hanging out with a friend who loves books. Join us, wallow with us. This is episode 9, in which we will be discussing Preparing for NaNoWriMo, which starts in only a few days. Note, in the last episode, we promised we were going to discuss nonfiction. Clearly, that has changed. This is what happens when you let two NaNoWriMo fanatics have a podcast. Good morning, Marion. Good morning, Lissa. How is your nonfiction reading going? Uh, it's going great. I read uh, Bill Bryson's Walk in the Woods. Oh, you you did? You finished yeah, it? I finished so it because it was for book club, so I had to. And that is the only nonfiction I read, I think. So just real quick, did you like Bill Bryson's Walk in the Woods? Uh, I, no, not really. No. But it was interesting to read, I guess. How interesting. You know, travel logs are like a thing of mine. I've read them all. Um, so I've read all the Bill Bryson books, and I, A Walk in the Woods probably isn't my favorite of his books, but I did love the moment when he, the guy he starts out walking with, his name is Cats, right? Yes. Cats, like, has a fit and picks up his backpack and throws it off a cliff, and I laughed pretty hard. Yeah, I liked Cats, and I wish the story was mostly about cats. He was yeah. much more interesting to me than Bill Bryson. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Is it your first Bill Bryson book? Uh, it was my first Bill Bryson book. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I'll recommend some other ones to you. So he's a, he can be super amusing if you are a travel log junkie in particular. Which I, I just, am. I wasn't so sure about travel log for travel log's sake, which is what I felt this was. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I don't know. You're like learning through, you know, greater universe. Interesting. I have read about half of Packing for Mars. Yes. Uh, and it's astonishingly good. It's amazing. And my it's by Mary Roach. And my daughter has since started reading all of the Mary Roach books. Whoa. Like, like particularly Stiff, which is about dead people. That's the uh, one I could name. <laughs> yeah, there's Stiff and Gulp and Packing for Mars. and There's a, a sex one. There is a sex one. I don't think she's read that one yet. And there's a... Oh, what is that new one? I don't know. But she's, what's amazing about her, okay, is that you'll be reading along about space travel and you'll have a question pop into your head like you do when you're right. reading. And then right after that, Mary Roach answers that question. That's good writing. It is good writing. She has, you know, asked herself all the questions that you can and she'll tell you about it sometimes in footnotes, sometimes it's worked into the text. It's just amazing. It's like she's a savant or something. So there you go. Anyway, so there you go. That's our our nonfiction wrap up. And then uh, moving on because <laughs> it's like October 28th, which means there's only one thing on our minds. That is right. And frankly, there has only been one thing on our minds for a while. It's true. Yes. So NaNoWriMo. NaNoWriMo. Do you want to tell us what it is? Sure. For anyone out there who both listens to book podcasts and doesn't know what NaNoWriMo is. Um, it's National Novel Writing Month, and it occurs every November, and it's run by a not-for-profit organization, so it's free to you, and you sign up um, 
and promise to do your very best to write 50,000 words of a brand new novel in 30 days. And you can't start until NaNoWriMo Eve has right. completed. That's right. So at mid-1201, you know, yes. on November 1st, you can start and you have until 1159 on November 30th to write 50,000 words. But don't cut it that close because that makes me so nervous. It does. So you've been around this for a while. So do you find that when you tell people about it that they think it sounds easy or hard? I think people either... Their gut reactions are either like, why would you want to write a book? Or I'm vaguely intrigued by that. Yeah. I've and then had, if, go ahead. I've had a lot of like students in school who are like, oh, that's a snap. It's just, you know, it's supposed to work out to 1,667 words a day. And they're like, oh, easy. I can add that on. No problem. Like, yeah, yeah. But do that 30 times in a row without missing. And do that 30 times in a row when it gets hard. Yeah. <laughs> like it, yeah i read somewhere once and this, this may be uh, a false memory of mine or an apocryphal story but like a half a million people sign up officially sign up on an anorama website every year to do it and of those who actually sign up maybe one in five actually makes it all the way to fifty thousand words that is what i remember in my head and like i said it could be just that could be uh, just something I made up in my head, but I read it somewhere that that is kind of what the stats are, about 20%. Um, I feel like that might be kind of high, but I don't remember official stats besides there was that t-shirt with the Venn diagram on the front. Yeah. And it, but it doesn't have winner stats on no, it. No, that has, I don't, it's, it's, that's 2012's shirt. I think, I think. yeah. And it's, that was and the it's first outdated. year I participated. And I think they're coffee rings. But a Venn diagram as well, aren't they? Or is it coffee rings before? Oh, it might be coffee rings. I don't know. It At the time, it also it looked... That's my favorite yeah. of the NaNoWriMo t-shirts. It, I have soft. two of those yeah. because it's soft. And it's it, soft. And it has, <laughs> the, you know, has the requirements right there on it the It does. Front. That's right. 50,000 words, 30 days. No Something. excuses, I think is the third one. Yeah. No excuses. So, yeah. So, it's, a, it's interesting because as a, as a concept... It maybe doesn't sound that hard. 50,000 words is a pretty short book. It's verging on being a novella, but it's not. It's a novel. We've established that. And I think a lot of people think it's going to be easy, but it is It is hard, but worthwhile. That is the important thing. It's um, Or I wouldn't keep showing up. It's true. So you've been doing this since 2003. Yes. You want to tell your origin story of how you came into NaNoWriMo? It's like my favorite story ever. <laughs> um, I was uh, working at a library, and I was a little baby librarian, and a coworker put up a book display that had writing books on it, and it had this thing on it that said, you know, November 1st to 30th, NaNoWriMo. And I was intrigued, and I signed up on Halloween that year. And by December 1st, I was a novelist. And it was amazing. I had a friend in grad school that year, and so she did a lot of grad school stuff alongside me. So I didn't do it alone, but I didn't do it with another novelist. So that was before there was like a a community for you to join? I didn't know anyone else doing it that year. Interesting. I have been doing NaNoWriMo since 2012, but I had heard of it long before that. Um... Maybe 2005 or six. 
seems that like is long before that. I'm trying to remember because I was living in Illinois then. See, this is how I major time is which house was I living in because I moved well, right. so often. And I definitely remember hearing about it on NPR when I was living in the Illinois house, which we lived in from, no, that's, yeah, yeah, that's right. Because that was maybe, hmm. Yes, that sounds right. So, yes. Yeah, so, anyway, so 2006 or so. And I heard about it on NPR and I thought, now that is super interesting. I should do that. But I did not sign up, did not go to the website, get an account, sign on a dotted line, join a group or any of that stuff. And consequently, I never started. I never did it. I just thought it would be a good idea. And... Pretty much your, every year after that, I thought, oh, I should do that thing. That's a good idea. But I didn't do it. You were a one-day novelist. Like, one oh, day I'll so write a someday, novel. Yeah, someday. I have all these little children cluttering the house, and I'm very busy. And I will totally get around to that, but I didn't do it. So when we moved to your city in 2011, it was too late for me to join a group there. And we had a terrible year, the worst year we've ever had. Starting uh-huh. in the fall of 2011. And it was a really strugglesome, horrible uh, year with profound challenges in it. So by the fall, summer, fall, early fall of 2012, I was like, you know, get up, dust yourself off, fight harder, fight harder. So I thought, this is the year. I'm going to do this. And the library there has this wonderful program led by somebody I can't remember. Oh, yes, you. That's it's right. It's me. It's you. And so I thought, this is my year. So I actually joined that group, signed up on the website, you know, threw myself all in and walked into it with a vague idea. And I won that year. And I've won every year since. So this will be my eighth year in a row with NaNoWriMo, um, where I'm totally going to write 50,000 words in 30 days and nothing's going to stop me. And it's been awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. So I'm like the, the I'm like the toe in pool, slowly ease in person. And you're the run, woohoo, jump in person. Right. Like I heard about this yesterday and now I'm doing it. <laughs> yes. That yeah, does yeah. sound a little bit like me. Yeah. 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 But as long as you don't do that with too many things, then it's okay. Yeah. I mean, I would say that some things you should probably ease into and some things you should just jump in and do it. Yeah. And, and then Arima is one of those things. You should just jump in and give it a shot. That's true. If you're hearing this podcast and it's like still like before November 5th or so, you still have time to jump in and give it a shot oh, this heck, year. I think even longer because in truth, it has never taken me 30 days. Uh, usually it's 23 days or so. So I would say anytime in the first week of November. Uh, and if it's after that, try it anyway and readjust your goals and or join Camp NaNoWriMo in uh, April or July next year in 2020. So That's true. Yeah. Never, There's never, never like a bad time never to write a, bad a novel. Time to yeah, yeah, just do it. So, other than book displays are fun, why do you keep coming back? Um, I'm not always good at self care. <laughs> um, overstatement of the century. Yeah, and <laughs> I was gonna say, oh, not always, eh, Lisa? Oh. I mean, ever except in November. And in <laughs> November, I am really good at saying, you know what, world? I'm writing a novel right now, and that is the most important thing. Because I think that's why I keep coming back. I really like the creativity challenge and the like international program that makes it okay to prioritize this. And I like 
I don't know. I yeah, like that everybody else is doing it. I think that it, that it has this 30-day limit. You're, you're saying, hello, you know, laundry, pile, good nutrition for family, things I do for other people all the time, which is a lot. I'm taking 30 days off from you, but I'll be back. Right. Makes it easier for all that other stuff to accept that you're just going to take this time for yourself right now. Uh, because there is a there is a, a cutoff date when things will return to a more normal uh, or more day-to-day thing but november is special and different and everybody in my household totally accepts that and everybody i know it's like everybody i know knows oh yes in november marion's gonna be writing a novel so right we're doing these things yeah doing these things so i also joined it a lot for the community aspect of it and that's one thing that keeps me coming back um like i said i had moved to this new town i'd had this awful year i had not had a lot of success in that year meeting people and i joke all the time that i took up writing the world's most solitary activity to meet people but i really have i've met a lot of people because of nanowrimo including in my new community now where i live um pretty much everybody i've met here except my immediate neighbors is because of writing so it gives me that and i love sitting in a room with other people who are also not talking to me and are busy writing a book i think it's a special energy I agree. I love the energy of NaNoWriMo. And I think the people that you meet who are doing NaNoWriMo, like they believe it's okay to meet like basically a stranger and encourage them in whatever the heck they're yeah. doing. Yeah. And then they also believe that like impossible things are possible and worth doing. There you go. So it's just like all positives. I'm not sure there is a downside to NaNoWriMo. I mean, there's a lot of candy that I consume in well, November. Yeah, yeah. But I could... The- do something else i won't but i could i i know people who have like celery while they write things i mean i put celery in my fridge in november (laughs) because i feel like that's the right thing to do and i look at it there's celery in my fridge right now exactly yeah yeah there you go and i do know um a personal friend of both of ours who does not um uh food rewards are not his jam so he gets like giant Lego sets for himself, stuff like it's that. It's true. It's true. It's um, true. So yes, so he is somewhat thinner than I am due to, I feel differently about candy than he does. I do write for candy though. So mm-hmm. that will just be I a will. thing. I'm actually well known for a juicy pair of jelly beans and lining them up across the top of my computer keyboard. And then I can have one juicy pair of jelly bean every 250 words that I write. Um, and I see them there, and I know where that next 250 words is. So, it, You have an amazing amount of control. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just going to eat this candy and write. <laughs> but well, I tell people they can't eat their candy until they earn it. And I maybe just like sneak stuff. You know, I, I read this thing on, on the dog DNA. And that dogs, some dogs have dna that orients them as as workers like border collies right they're not that interested in you as a person they just want to herd the sheep they're task oriented and then there's dogs like uh, cavalier king charles spaniels that are are love oriented they're lap dogs they want to love you so much and and i see you as more of a cavalier king charles spaniel kind of gal i assumed it was going that direction yes and then i'm more of the border collie thing so i like see the the jelly bean but I know that you only get the treat after you've done the, the good girl, right? 
Right. So you've got to herd those words onto right. the page. That's right. I got to herd those words onto the page, and then I can be rewarded with my good girl treat. Um, whereas you're just like, let's kick back and make some words together, and yeah, and have big liquid eyes and soft curly ears. Right. Like so, this, yeah. Candy and I are going to be a team because the yeah. candy will be in me yeah. while we write. Can- candy loves you, man. And yeah. It wants to just be. So yeah, I think that's how we roll. So uh, there you go. Hmm. It's it's psychological philosophical insight right there and many ways for you to do this yourself because (laughs) there's not a clear way besides i mean most of us vote in favor of food rewards but not all of us (laughs) not all of us not all of us so do you feel ready i am getting there um our local kickoff event is tonight which means i've made many handouts and um giveaways and um buttons this year that you designed i did and um of which i got a big box of them and handouts from you. Oh, good. Uh, so I'm preparing to distribute those around here. Excellent. Fabulous. Um, yeah, I feel like a lot of the community building in NaNoWriMo is like, uh, let me give you the tricks I know of so that you can give me the tricks you know of, and then together we'll all trick ourselves into writing novels. So, you know, it's a lot to put in place, but <laughs> it's, a, it's like a good faith effort to put yeah, it in place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's community readiness, Lisa. Exactly. Our- you ready um yeah i'm working on it i woke up at like (laughs) midnight and at 1 a.m i gave up on going back to sleep for a while and started like writing down ideas for my story and a note to myself on my phone excellent we can talk about your story later oh yes Uh, i you know i think your phone is your best nano friend i think you've written half a novel on it or dictated or um yeah i do like dictating into my phone yeah um i'm not not sure i'm feeling super ready this year it's what a, no but you have plans i do but you know the the level of plans i want to have yeah versus the level of plans i have is low like i know lots of things about my main character but i'm not quite sure what her name is uh, yeah and uh we'll discuss my novel later but i'll tell you in advance it's a mystery i've never written one before and i feel like you should really know who did it how and why before you start writing it um I could be wrong. I mean, you could just, your opening sentence could be like in parentheses and it could say, <laughs> as if I know who did it. As if I know who did it. And then, and then you write the whole thing as if you know who did it. That's right. And then I'll know that later. So later. yeah, yeah. We'll discuss, we'll discuss my readiness as we go along because I've been reading books. Uh, Excellent. To get ready. I'm sure we're bound to discuss that somewhere. Does it say we're going to discuss that somewhere? Oh yeah, we well, will. Yeah, okay, I'll have that. questions. All right. So um, this is me and you, but how do other people prepare for NaNoWriMo since everybody does it differently what are some ways that you know that other people who are not you get ready well I think it's important that you sign up on the website Mm -hmm. and that's like a step Uh, I think it's important that you tell everybody you know or as many people as you want to know Um, like you sometimes don't tell your boss right um, or sometimes you don't tell whoever it is that you're going to avoid all month because you're writing (laughs) Uh, you just keep it a secret and you say you're real busy or something um, or you have a head cold. I don't know. You tell them something. Um, and people figure out some rewards for themselves or like, you know, get housework a little more caught up in October. Um, I, know, I know a lot of people do a lot of freezable dinners. You know, they make a lot of stuff, food in advance and, yes. and freeze it in plans and then they don't lose that time cooking. My child lined up a whole bunch of um, meals on the counter in little tubs and labeled what days they were all for for the next two weeks. And wow. it's like, 
a little bit much for me, but she was really into it. And I decided, <laughs> you know, like if I'm ever going to allow an experiment like this, November 1st is around the time to allow it. So yeah. my counter is full of like basically pasta, but yeah, but yeah. organized pasta. Yeah. Organized pasta. She's going to have like a Pinterest board and a, I'm going to convert her to be a planner girl and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, she, I think so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She'll be all over that. Yeah, I'm going to have to get down there and influence her evilly toward my own, uh, you know, squared off box, little, little super organized life and, and see. She had the three hole punch out earlier. So. Yeah. Yeah, girl. You yeah. go. I mean, on it. I will say that my beloved husband, one of the best presents he's ever given me was a three hole punch with a big handle on it so yes that's what we down. have yeah but just a beautiful three-hole punch and like everybody in the house knows that's mine and we don't use it without my permission and we do not change the settings or bad things happen so yeah i feel her i feel her and it's not i mean the, i've never not really not used the only mine. hole punch that i own right you know <laughs> um i just let her do whatever yeah um because i'm not gonna hole punch anything probably um and then people like to plan in different ways. So there's planners, which I think you have just described yourself yeah, as well. Yeah, well, but I don't think I am a planner, but I know people who have complete outlines of their their novel with like every scene that's going to occur and complete biographies of all the characters. And they fill out those character inventories so that they know yeah. like what their favorite flavor of ice cream is, and, you know, who their second grade teacher was and all the... Research, if they're writing anything that needs any research, is all done and neatly tabbed and collated and divided by type. And, and I know those people. Uh, and I don't want to be them, but I admire them. I, I'm not even really sure I admire them. They kind <laughs> of scare me. They scare you? I mean, I watch them with interest. Yeah. But, I've been... but it kind of scares me that you could know that much about the story going in because I just super don't. But it's super because I've been, to, I have a sub masterclass subscription. So I've been watching all the writers who do masterclass and they range like Dan Brown. He is a super outliner. He knows everything before he walks in. But amazingly, David Baldacci, who I've been watching lately because he writes mystery thrillers, although yeah. different than what I'm writing, he really has a very free flow process. And I would say he was, when we discuss planters, that's what he's going to be. And Neil Gaiman, of course, is a pantser. Uh, which we will discuss next, who just jumps in. So I don't, I will say, I don't think there's a wrong way to do it, but I don't think I could be a complete planner. It's just, I would probably not write the book if I knew all that. So pantsers is right. writing by the seat of your pants. Yep. So it can be as much as like show up, open a new Word doc on November 1st and say once upon a time and then make some stuff up after that sentence. That's right. Right. And uh, would you would you say that was you? Um, I would say every year that I've ever started over after November 1st, that was very firmly me. And, and how many years have you started over after November 1st, Lissa? I mean, firm validated records do not exist for that, <laughs> but it's, I'm pretty sure that in the next <laughs> week or so, my Facebook memories will start to remind me how many years that's been. <laughs> As we get to those November 3rd and 4th dates where I post yeah. things about that. Yeah. Um, it happens sometimes. It I does. just, yeah. sometimes I th feel like I should always be like trying to write my novel starting October 28th. Like I should start my novel today so that on November 1st I could start over with my yeah, new idea. Yeah. But, but you know, all those words that you count, 
Elvis was still right. count before them. before you change novels. They still count. It counts. Every um, word counts. It still counts. Every word is sacred. Every word is good. But I I often aspire to more of this plantster kind of yeah role. I, I have never started over like you, but I have. I think pretty much completely pantsed a novel before, including my 2017 nano novel, which I love. And I had a novel that I was planning out nicely, like a <gasps> yeah, new, you did. new stuff. And I had characters and setting and like a plot and so forth. And I was having a bath like you do, splashing around in there. And then this new character showed up and she murdered everyone in that book and said, you can't write that. You have to write my story. And I'm like, well, who are you? And she's like, come find out. And I really like that book and I'm busy, supposed to be busy editing it. I actually took, I was at an event the other day with a professional editor where you take them your first page and she was like, it's perfect. I have nothing to add here and I want to read the rest of the book. So. Uh, okay, um, wait, pause. That is really exciting. <laughs> Yeah, she's very she's very nice. I like her. She's super nice. Yeah. But I'm like, this is the first page after I have given it, you know, the, the heavy edit and corrected things writing-wise I should. But she didn't – you're supposed to have 10 minutes with her, and after four minutes she's like, okay, we've already corrected this page, and, and you've been talking to me about the rest of the plot, and we're done. And the person running it, the, the program overall, was like, what do you mean you're done? Like everybody else <laughs> sat there talking to her for 10 minutes until the bell rang and then they had to get up and leave. And I'm like, yeah, it's done. So done. there you go. Um, so, okay, that's awesome. Yeah, with time, I can't actually write things. But anyway, I have I have just like walked in and just discovered I couldn't have given you a, a log line or a synopsis of that book in advance. I didn't know how it has some magic in it. I didn't know how any of that worked or, or what was going to happen in it or what the big problem was or who all the other characters were or anything else. Uh, I knew the name of the main character and what she did for a living. And that's it. Uh, so it can work. And I think it's kind of exciting to write that way in November personally. But, you know. I do too. Yeah. And, and then we have category number three, which is... Plantsters. Plantsters, right? I like Who the are... part where it references plants. Plants, that's right. And it sounds organic, like you're growing something. It does. I, th I think the button I made for you that for that this year has a lucky clover on it and it's and I, awesome i claim this category for myself usually as a planter because i don't know everything but i know some stuff uh and i have an overall general idea of what the structure of the novel is and some things that may happen in it uh, so it's kind of like half pantser half planter so you know you know more than a pure pantser would know but not everything like a planter would know and I like to call it uh, discovery writing. So that sounds uh, very smart, doesn't it? That's what Neil Gaiman calls it: is it discovery oh. writing. Is you know, you walk in and you discover your story as you write it, and then at the end, you know stuff, and it's good. That sounds. I'm going to try that. Yeah, know know stuff, and then be free. I feel like I know some stuff, like. Nano put out um, in the Nano Prep 101 um, stuff they had this year that was all very, very good. Yep. They had an outline that was colorful and it had Act 1, 2, and 3 on it. Mm -hmm. That's what I remember about it. Yeah, that's, um, that's one of those things I'm totally getting to in the next two days. Yeah, you've got lots of time. Yeah. Um, I feel like I know a lot of Act 1 stuff and zero things about Act 2 or 3. But I feel like I can write my way through Act 1. That's good. And okay. hopefully I, know what happens I, after that. I often do that. I'll walk 
several of my nanos, I have known some stuff and I've known where we start and what happens for maybe three chapters. And then a way less about what happens after that. But that's okay with me. By the time I get somewhere, I know the next little bit that happens and I'll scrawl notes about that and next little bit. And then by the time I reach the end of that, I know the next thing, you know? Yeah. Um, it, I think it works. So we have that. Uh, and reward wise, people, a lot of people do have rewards and they could be little ones. Like sometimes my 250 word jelly bean and sometimes they're big ones. I myself have taken to gifting myself a reward for every 10,000 words. Some it's a special thing, like for 10,000 words this year, I get to go to the movies with my son to see Midway because he's super Ooh. excited to go. Uh, and I have over here, which I have failed to wrap because reasons, uh, a box of, of 10,000 word rewards for you. Yes, that I'm sending you these five. I'm going to wrap them in tissue paper and every and tell you which one is which 10,000 words. And every 10,000 words you write, Lisa, you get to open that next package and find your reward for your good behavior of writing lots of words. Listeners, I have a reward plan. <laughs> it you sounds do. amazing. You do. Well, I always figure you tend to adopt people like me and many other people and, and encourage and send stuff. But I wasn't sure that anybody sends stuff to you to to adopt you and take care of you like they should. And since since I love you and stuff, I thought I'm gonna adopt Lissa, send her all I the rewards. I feel so warm and fuzzy. There you go. So that hopefully, I, my goal is to get that wrapped today, although my list of things I have to do today is astonishing. But anyway, we'll get there and I hope to get it in the mail today or tomorrow and happily it will arrive almost immediately. So it should hopefully make it by November 1st. But I won't have 10,000 words right November 1st. Words. So um, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. I have had. 10,000 words on day one, you know. Holy um, moly. Yeah, last year, I had 12,700 words on day one uh, and did not win the reward for the most words in my area on day one. So I just want to add that. I was beaten by a child. Yes, it's true. It's true. There you go. Um, yes. So that's how people get ready who are not us. And you have written a list here of things that you do to get ready for nano personally. Stuff you got to do. I mean, mostly I just, um, so I'm the municipal liaison for my region. And so I spend a lot of time figuring out how to make sure that I'm ready for that. Because that has to happen. Like the kickoff event happens before November 1st. Right. And then conveniently, all of that prepping for that program of telling people like all the cool stuff about nano and how to get through it and how to do it and all the tricks is the prep that I do for myself also. That is good. Yeah. There's a lot of a uh, lot of handouts to be made. There are a lot of handouts to be made, and they're all pretty fabulous. And actually, you've designed quite a few of ours this year, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, I have. I have some more to send you too. Uh, I think a scene organizer that I made, and Ooh. seems like something else. I'll ship them off to you via the wonders of the web. Uh, it is amazing. Today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and other than that, for prepping, I. Um, I feel like I look around at what I'm reading, not just like what I'm reading in fiction, but what I'm reading and just seeing in the world. And I kind of evaluate everything with fresh eyes like, oh, that's interesting. Does that want to go in my story? Let me just screenshot that in case it does want to go in my story later. Um, 
So I, I don't know, people have buttons that say, be nice to me, or I'll put you in my novel. <laughs> but I think for me, it's more like, um, be just a tiny bit shiny, and you are totally going in this story, because um, you're going to show up again, and it's going to be lovely. Um, I don't know. And then I try to figure out like the basic structure of my story and that kind of stuff, which then all is subject to change when I actually go to write it. But I pretend like I'm working on that. Yeah, that's good. You pretend pretending to plan. Yeah, it's really the secret of happiness, isn't it? It really is. <laughs> How about you? Um, I percolate a lot. So I, I know sort of the thing I might want to write. And then I ask the universe to help me, uh, give me information about that. And in the same way that like it's fall. And I, I am a firm believer that trees do not have to turn colors. They could just die and have their leaves fall off, but instead they put on a spectacular display of color. And I think they do it because they love us. And my science uh, oriented child will tell me that that is nonsense and that trees turn colors because they're bad at being trees. Oh. And it's her words, not mine. And uh, and that I need to do that. I'm like, but why would the world be so beautiful if it did not love us? So, um, so I just asked the universe to send me things, and it does. And that's true. This year, I've had lots of interesting news articles about archaeology that I have sent myself on the email to reference later. Excellent. Um, and I'm trying very hard. Like I said, I'm writing a mystery this year, and I'm trying really hard to be a planner, and I have read... A million books to get ready for this <laughs> and I will list them for you and I would like to be a planner and I'm kind of failing at it I have converted a happy planner to hold all my stuff for NaNoWriMo all of my sheets and trackers and stuff and I'm, I make stuff for it so I have made myself a calendar of where I'm supposed to be every day where I can write where I actually am so I can track me which the website also does but I like paper and a sheet to hold my uh, word sprints where I do timed writing and how many words I'm writing in that uh, so I can track them. And I also have made a scene planner. So when I reach a scene, I can stop and jot down what do I really need to have happen here? So that when I'm writing it, I can look over and I'm like, oh yes, more words because I have to do this thing. Uh, and so I have, and it's supposed to you know, hold all my research and things to remind me of things or things that I come up with so it's there. Uh, and like I said, I'm, I've been reading heavily because I've never written a mystery before and I hadn't read a lot of them lately so I read a bunch of mystery books and I read a bunch of books about how to write mysteries so books I have read on the novel front so I can see what novels look like I read Her Royal Spinus by Reese Bowen Death of a Gossip by M.C. Beaton The Mitford Murders by Jessica Fellows Crocodile on a Sandbank by Elizabeth Peters I'm about halfway through Maisie Dobbs by Jacqueline. Uh, I've read some of those. Winspear, and um, I read a novel about archaeology called The Dig by John Preston, but it was a literary novel. Uh, I was hoping it would give me more technical information about historical archaeological techniques, but it did not. Uh, but yeah, so you've read some of those? I've read the Maisie Dobbs, and I've read Crocodile on the Sandbank. Yeah. Um, I, enjoyed I, mean, the, I enjoyed the heck out of uh, Crocodile on the Sandbank, I have to say. 
I liked the main character. Kind of yeah, I think that the secret to like, for me at least, as a non-mystery reader for the most part, uh, the secret to a great mystery is sort of the same as the secret to a great romance novel. Like right. it needs to have like memorable, interesting characters who are super quirky and have great dialogue. Right. And, and cozy mysteries tend to run in in series like every one of those is the first book in a series yes so this is something i've been struggling with trying to think to make this main character who's going to be interesting enough to carry you know 20 books if you wanted her to because that's kind of an important thing in this kind of book so and i've also been reading books about reading books i'm just getting ready for my annual perusal of no plot no problem by chris Beatty, who invented NaNoWriMo and i read this book every year and i read it in sections because it has like four weekly sections of how to do NaNoWriMo, like how to deal with week two, which is awful and, and soul yes. crushing. And you just got to muscle your way through. And I've always had an electronic copy of it, but this year I actually bought a signed copy of it. How very fancy. Uh, I know. And I've been, I read the mystery section of Save the Cat Writes a Novel because I've read that book before. I read How to Outline a Cozy Mystery uh, by Sarah uh, Rosette. And writing mysteries, which is a section of, of editors of uh, essays edited by Sue Grafton, how to write a damn good mystery by James Fry, and writing and selling your mystery novel, which is a Writer's Digest book, um, and by Harriet Efren. So I've been over uh, structure plotting, like I do. Yes, it, it makes me happy. So that's what I do. I feel like. I'm going into it with as much knowledge as I can. Uh, and I do think it's important to read in the genre that you plan to write. Because then you know what that genre looks and feels like and what the, the tropes of it are and, and stuff like that. Um, other than that, I've been putting all the public writing events in my calendar. And I've been trying to figure out an outline. And I think I'm going to try that colorful one. Usually I have a, a chart in uh whatever excel that's the one right i'm terrible at excel so i stay away from it but i always have a chart that has like how many words i want the book to be all together and how many chapters i want it to be and i try to put in major bullet points like look you need to you know this is the midpoint of this novel so something needs to happen or right about here should be the dark moment or you need an obstacle by now go get one and stuff like that um, and, and in a truly astonishing, uh, either a greatest idea ever or wire to trip on, I adopted a puppy. That has never been on a list of ways to prep for <laughs> NaNoWriMo before. <laughs> She's really cute. She is oh, really cute. cute. So, yes, we just got her on like Saturday, like my husband saw her on Friday online and then we went and saw her on Saturday and within five minutes we're like okay we'll take her um yes for for people who don't know I almost always have a dog my husband has had dogs all of his life like all of his life at least one dog his parents have four dogs currently um and uh, so he always has a dog and we have had miniature schnauzers for 26 years probably and we've hardly ever been without one. And our last beloved mini schnauzer had to be put down, gosh, in May, April, mm -hmm. April or May, right in the spring. And so we've been kind of looking around and trying to decide whether we want to get involved with 
know another dog and I didn't want one that was too old because it was going to break my heart but I refused to buy a puppy from a, like a puppy store right um, I only have rescue dogs so um, we've hemmed and hawed but yes so we have a shiny new four and a half month old white miniature schnauzer I've never had a white one before and uh, she's a doll but clearly is gonna you know you can't sit for 10 hours and not move if you have a puppy with a bladder the size of a chickpea. You have to. Like, you are going to take a lot of healthy breaks. <laughs> I'm going to take a lot of healthy breaks and, and, and good exercise and mental health walks with my yes. puppy once she learns to walk on a leash properly because currently she thinks it's okay to mouth the leash. And I'm like, oh, you're wrong about that dog. So I'm the boss. No mouthing the leash. So I have a question. Yeah. Is there going to now be a puppy in your novel? I don't know. You know, my main character clearly has a pet because my main characters always have a pet. But I don't know what that pet is. A dog might be nice. Uh, we could try it and see. I mean, I have this this sample dog here to give me lots of material on right. the fly. Whatever she's doing, I can just write it right in. So, yeah. So either best idea ever warm puppy to give me love and comfort and self uh care or worst idea ever because winter is coming and i have a puppy who needs to be walked so but good experiment good experiment and currently jump right in currently she's in her new kennel within sight distance of me and she hasn't made any noise the whole time we've been talking she accepts that when you're in the kennel you're in the kennel yeah so that's good so and her name is isla Isla, beautiful. There you go. So, uh, I will report back on on how this works out in terms of is it a good idea to adopt a puppy the last week of October when you plan to write a novel? I'm sure it's a yes. <laughs> it's bound to be. Bound it's to be. bound to be. <laughs> how hard could this be? It's only exactly. been our lash nazer was four when we got her. Um, so I've not had a puppy in. Four months, four years. A long time, yeah. So we'll see. Good how, adventures. We'll see how this works. So, yeah. well, besides adding a puppy to your household, <laughs> do you have other good ideas for surviving and making it to fifty thousand words? Well, I think the big thing is to never, 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 never quit. There's always hope. That makes it sound so easy. Like, you can write 50,000 words, just don't quit. Just never quit. Well, you know, I know a lot of people who make astonishing, miraculous, shall we say, uh, wins right at the end, uh, who who are sitting in the middle of November with 12,000 words instead of 25, and they make it because they just show up. And, of course... The actual secret is, even if you don't make 50,000 words, every word you write is a win. It's so, true. It's true. Much so, more than you would have written otherwise. Yeah. So if you just hang in there, even if you only get 30,000 words instead of 50, you don't need to be disappointed in yourself because you have 30,000 words. How many people do you know that wrote 30,000 words last month? I didn't. Yeah, I did so, not either because I was just saving them all for November. <laughs> working yourself into a frenzy. Yes. So I would say that's... The big thing is never, never, never quit. It's particularly, as you said, week two is brutal because the excitement of NaNoWriMo starting is kind of worn off. Yeah. And 
the end seems a long ways away. 50,000. You're tired. Oh, so tired. And 50,000 words is so far off in the distance. And you want to just bag it. And every year, 10 to 25,000 words is terribly hard for me. Yeah. Uh, and for me, I've finished act one and I have no idea what happens sure, next. And that's why I just kind of want to quit. Stuff happens. Yeah. But it's just, yeah. it's just a total slog from 10,000 words to 25,000 words. It's just grit that gets you through that word. And then you're on the downslope, man. So. Um, so what are some strategies to get through the slog? Put your butt in your chair, show up every day. Uh, and I also try every year to have one big day where I have a lot of words. And that day is very, like, you host every year a 12-hour writing marathon. The, the marathon write-in of awesomeness. The marathon write-in of awesomeness. And people post big numbers on a day because you just show up and you write with other people for 12 hours from noon to midnight. And it's almost a party atmosphere, but you make a lot of words. And, and um, I remember I was sitting at one of those once with another friend of ours and she's, I was well ahead and she was way behind. And she's like, I just don't, I'm not going to make it. I'm like, yeah, you are. I'm like, look, I follow on the website. Um, Grant Faulkner and yeah. Chris Beatty. Grant Faulkner runs NaNoWriMo and Chris Beatty invented it. I'm like, look, you're ahead of both of them. You know, compared, yeah. to, compared to those guys, you're way ahead. And she won that year. She made all 50,000 words and made it. And she had, yeah. And that one single big day, A, it sets you up for sex and success. And B, it, um, it gives you breathing room if you want to take a day off or two days off even. You have the room to do that without guilt, although I would never take off more than two days if it were me. Because um, I have always regretted if I've taken off, really, if I take off one day, but especially if I've taken off two days or yeah, more. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I forget why I was doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I have had lots of days where I post 200 words. You know, there's always a couple of those every November, but I do try to get some words in every day, even if it's just 10 minutes of flat out writing and then running off yep. to come back visit your story move it along a little yeah which which shows you that the concept that you're going to write 1,667 words a day is a myth nobody does that nobody is totally statistically consistent if you look at the charts which the website will make for you of how you're doing there's big spikes and little slumps of time because some days you're you're on it and you get in a few more and some days you just can't or you don't have the time or you catch cold or whatever and you, you're not going to make it that day to that threshold area. But overall, you can make it. If you just recognize that the day you write a thousand words, yes, you have 667 words of deficit, but it doesn't mean it's the end of days. Right. Yeah. So. Um, oh, I mailed you a calendar that's <gasps> like a start strong calendar. Did okay. you see that? Email? Um, um, I think I tucked it in the package I oh, sent you. Oh, it must be there. I don't know. I it's reddish. Reddish. It's a, got a maroonish theme. Okay. Um, someone else designed it. It's very pretty. Okay. Um, and it also has an 80,000 word countdown calendar There you go. Because I would like to write 80,000 words this year. I never have. Um, my high, like I think it's 63 yeah, is the highest good. one. That's yeah. Because I had to see what happened in the story. <laughs> It's good. Um, yeah, it was good. it was a good year. I liked that story because I had to see what happened. Um, the start strong idea like starts you at like three thousand words um, on day one, and then it counts you down 
so that by the last day you just have to write eight words. <laughs> um, but I liked that as like a as a more organized way to feel like you are ahead. Yeah, and if it gets instead you of ahead, just like oh I'm a day ahead, and if it gets you ahead early, then you feel like you can do it. If you start slow, that's not so awesome. Yeah, cheering for a rally is like a good baseball thing and a really bad nano thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Although my cheering for rallies on baseball hasn't been working so well the last couple of days, but I have faith. It'll be good. Uh, I just stopped because... Uh, it was sad for you. It was sad for me. And also, like, baseball always... The World Series, like, threatens to just, like, jack up all my novel plans every year. <laughs> So I was trying to just like look away, like <laughs> gently, just like avert my eyes. And my Facebook memories right. are all about like the 2011 Cardinals That's and the 2014-15 right. Royals. And for for free people don't know what you mean by jack up all your plans is all your characters tend to go to baseball games instead yeah. of, of doing the other things you want them to, like fall in love or, or explore like go space. to go to space. Yeah, yeah like all <laughs> kinds of legitimate things that had nothing to do with baseball, and then things happen. Yeah. Baseball yeah. happens. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. The year that the Royals won the World Series is the year that I started over on like November 4th um, with an entirely new story, which was epic and lovely. Yeah. It and had I love that it. story, but it was like it opened with the Royals winning the World Series, <laughs> which had just <laughs> happened after November 1st. Hey, so but you could probably write a lot of words about that real fast. So catch up. Exactly. There you go. It was good. Yes. Oh, um, NaNoWriMo has its own lingos and it has, I feel like it has official like Nano HQ, you know, nationwide approved international lingo. approved lingo. And then it has some local lingo that, that develops between writers. Right. Right. What are your favorites? Um, I really do love plot bunnies as a concept and the idea of plot, and I can't remember who this is attributed to. I've seen it attributed to more than one writers, writer that this quote of ideas are like rabbits. You get a couple and you put them together and pretty soon you're overrun. Yeah. And, and this is definitely true. You'll be riding along. You think you know what's going to happen. And then an idea shows up and it starts nibbling around the edges of your novel and, and being soft and fuzzy and demanding attention and being adorable. And then many more of its friends arrive and you can be... Uh, derailed sometimes people get derailed by their plot bunnies they just can't put that plot down they have to write it and then I think they're really useful I just put them in a side document and so I say I'll I will come and you know feed you lettuce and carrots on December 1st um, but some of them go right in new weird and interesting things will happen in my novel and so I, I love plot bunnies and bunnies in general so because they're soft and fuzzy and vegetarian yeah. I like when they're minor characters and they show up and they're quirky yeah. and fun. Because, you, know, you know, so let's face it, like books you have loved have minor characters that you really love. Yeah. They have plot bunnies and you can see them sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you think, oh, something fun is happening. Mm -hmm. Sometimes my minor characters, uh, I had a novel that had a minor character who was a girl who had, because reasons, been accidentally turned into a corgi. Whoops. And her name was Eleanor and she... Was, she couldn't speak or anything, but she had her own mind. So she liked to read books and she would kind of like move the pages with her paw. And she was greatly addicted to all the different flavors of Mountain Dew. So I had like a list of the astonishingly large number of different flavors of Mountain Dew that are available in this world. So we had this corgi hopped up on caffeine and reading books and giving you dirty looks. And she managed to 
communicate well by that. And she was a total plot bunny. Took an interesting, funny um, character who I had not planned, did not see coming, and she showed up fuzzy and lovely and wrote herself right into that book. And she, the book benefited from it. So I'm pro plot bunny, but many people don't like them. Excellent. Um, I was trying to think if I had a favorite thing. I like writing dares. Yeah. Um, I like, I mean, any kind of funny hat. And there are so many different funny hats you can wear. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like locking up my inner editor. Yeah. Do you have a funny hat? I do. I have a Viking helmet. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Last night I decided to, um, I need to crochet myself a new hat in time for November. Sure. And I need to go buy the yarn for it. And why not? That's my plan for after I, I edit this. That's a way better idea than adopting a puppy is to go knit and crochet an entire hat between now and third, Friday? Friday? Yeah. Friday? Yeah. If I got it done early, it could be my Halloween costume, but we'll see. If this go. may not happen yep. for this and year. And hats are like a thing, and you'll see hats as the symbol on Anna's website. They have a Viking helmet symbol. Yeah. Um, and like that, yes. Because there's ways that you signal to people that you're writing. Right. Um, and that is one of them is I put my writing hat on. And it's almost like magic. If you, I have, when I'm writing an anorama, I always turn a light a candle. Ooh. And if a candle is lighted, I'm writing. And I, and I know psychologically that this is writing time. This is not checking my Facebook time. This is not doing research time. This is not staring off into space time, petting the cat time. This is writing time. And that I, is so classy. There you go. And then I blow it out when I'm done. And it's it's like magic because because it's, because it's magic. It smells nice and also, um, yeah. it's. I'm like so much less chill than you. I'm like, <laughs> if I'm writing and really focused in that way you just described, I have set a 12-minute timer. Oh, I always have a timer on, <laughs> and too. And it's counting down. I have two. But, but I, you know, when it's not November and I set a timer, I'm totally capable of wandering off in the middle of that and oh, yeah. you know, finding The timer's somewhere. to remind you to come back and try yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, come back and try. And then, yeah, so I do, I do keep timers and usually 15-minute increments. But, yeah, the candle's on. It's, it's chill and... Uh, you know, some nice background noise that's not music and nothing with words and no people. Yes. So, yeah, you got that. Um, the other question I get asked by people a lot, and which we've used this word a lot in this podcast from people who don't, um, haven't done NaNoWriMo, is what does it mean to be a winner? Oh. And. I mean, the prizes are enormous. <sighs> So if you win NaNoWriMo by writing 50,000 words in 30 days and validating your novel on the website where you've remembered to create mm-hmm. an account and log in, right. you get access to print your own winner's certificate. You do. And often there's a video, too, of people cheering for you. I know. And it's amazing. It is. And you get access to graphics you can put on your social media. Mm-hmm. And you could purchase a winner's t-shirt no matter what, but you could like wear it and not be a big liar. Yes. And I will say famously, I pre-order my winner's shirt every year, said it's here the whole time, but I can't have it unless I actually write 50,000 words and I've already spent money on it. So this causes me to win. You're so ethical. I, and also Classy cheap. with the candles, yes. cheap yeah. and ethical. <laughs> there you a go. A role model for and, us all. That's right. And plus this year's shirt is amazing it's really really nice <laughs> like like my one of my friends here she has bought the nano poster as well which i also have just because the poster is so amazing this year all of it is just wow yeah so cool 
and we're cool here at the cool kid table. So yes, so if you write 50,000 words, you are a winner. But if you don't write 50,000 words and you've tried, you're not a loser. You just no. didn't. Somebody who it. participated in NaNoWriMo, which right. is sort of amazing. Yeah, and I have to say like passing 50,000 words is amazing. You were right. Yeah, I mean, it is. Beyond the certificate and the, the cheering things and the, the many other prizes that you can get special deals from people like Scrivener almost always has half off for NaNoWriMo winners. Yeah. Just making it 50,000 words is, it's like no other feeling. It's just absolutely astonishingly self-affirming. It's a huge accomplishment. Yeah. And you have the first draft of a novel, which you may or may not want to do anything with. But like no one else can do that. Like it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you prove to yourself that you can do stuff. So, and it never, never gets old. No, because you have a new story every year. Even if every year you're writing some sort of version of You've Got Mail crossed with Ocean's Eleven because in a new setting. Because why wouldn't you, really? I mean, it's basically my plan. Yep. Um, <laughs> well, wait, what's your plan? Tell me first. Because oh, obviously uh, I just blurted mine out. I, I like to um, experiment in NaNoWriMo because if I'm going to try something new, I can try it and see how it goes in a very set time frame of 30 days. And instead of a year or whatever to write a novel and find out I hate it. Uh, like last year, I wrote a romance, as you know, yeah, you very did. famously. And it turns out that I really suck at that. And I wrote 50,000 words. And for all I know, they may be decent for, you know, who knows. But I really was miserable. Um, I like to read the odd romance on occasion. I don't read a lot of them. And I have great admiration for romance writers. And they're the nicest people in the world. But I suck at that. But I got to find that out in a time frame. This year, I'm trying something new again, which is to write a cozy mystery. Uh, and it's going to be set in 1920s England. And my main character is a lady archaeologist uh, who is doing a dig at somebody's house, you know, like people that you know. So I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> Interestingly enough, turns out I think this is good archaeology, particularly English archaeology, happens to be something I already know a lot about. So I know how to talk the talk, if not walk the walk, better. So I have less uh, less research to do. And I think I'm going to write it. I've been reading all these books to try to figure out how books are constructed. And I think I'm going to write it in third person, which is very unusual for me. Ooh. Do you uh, usually write first person? I do usually write first person. So third is really unusual, third person, past tense. And I think I'm going to have two different narrators. My my main character, Lady Archaeologist, has most of it. But sooner or later, we have to call in Scotland Yard. Uh, and I think that Scotland Yard detective will also have POV chapters. was um, where he can uh, comment on my main character, you know. What's yeah, going so on you get the truth yeah and officially interview people and stuff like that although i'm not into unreliable narrators like you Lisa, so she didn't do it i'm just going to tell you that right now uh you would have you would have her murder them all maybe maybe uh so that's what, that's what i'm doing and i'm really looking forward to it and i have enjoyed the kind of historical research aspects and and interesting enough the writer's digest book i read had a lot of worksheets that you do and one of them was to go and look at the news and think up book ideas, three book ideas based on the news. And it was a snap. And I could write two more of these easy peasy um, just on 
I mean, idea-wise, the actual production is another thing. But, you know. You need I, a lot of November. Having a, ideas for plot lines for cozy mysteries set in 1920s England with a lady archaeologist. Yes, I feel like there's rabbits leaping all over my office, and it's awesome. So what Get are, a little cage. Yes. So what are you up to? Um, I mean, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I had um, I was looking at my Facebook memories in the middle of the night and there was a thing from 2010 when I was like, and I'm totally going to write Ocean's Eleven, set in space, <laughs> which I think is also exactly what I said about two years ago, um, except it was going to be Ocean's Eleven crossed with You've Got Mail, which is generally what I go for, right? And uh, like what I like in books, right. only summarized you, in you, words other people and, understand. Yeah, every year you say this year I'm not going to write. And a romance. Uh, a romance set in an office place, but then you do even right. when they're set in space. Yeah, that definitely happens. Yeah. Um, okay. But this so year's going to be different. This, this year's going to be different. Um, so I have been like, in the way that you intentionally did a lot of reading and planning, I just like lived my life while paying attention, and then I pretend like that was planning later after the fact. Um, so I am like retconning my last year to say that I was planning to write. Um, a book about uh, people who like refer to the narrator of their own story. Okay. Because I've been talking like that a lot and I've been reading books where that happens a lot. Um, and then I'm going to also apparently in the middle of the night, according to the note I sent myself at 2 a.m., <laughs> um, make the narrator a character. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and the narrator is going to not necessarily be succeeding at what they're supposed to be doing in the story and be upset about it, I think. Okay, and do you know where and when this is set? Um, well, one of my characters, I'm pretty sure, is writing a blog in like 2002 to 2005 and oh. pretending that they're going to a book club when actually they're not. Um and one of my characters, I think, I have impressed That's so upon. Sad. A, I know, right? <laughs> um, and then one of my characters, I'm almost sure, is working um, at the um, at the meat processing plant where our friend's husband works, um, because I've asked our friend to come back with lots of detailed notes about what it's like to work there. Okay. Um, and obviously having other thoughts in their head while they do that, but um, that seemed like a a really good place for my second character to be sort of like reinventing themselves while working. I don't know. It seems like a good plan when I write it out. Yeah. Um, and then also um, pretending to join a book club, but not, and that's going to be the thing that can connects my two characters is pretending to join a book club, but not actually joining a book club, but lying to people about it. Okay. So this is so my plan. Is this an epistolary novel? I hope so, because <laughs> that is mostly my plan. Um, and then I don't know how the narrator, I don't know what the narrator is going to do. But like I started to be able to hear the narrator's voice last night, oh, which wow, is always a good awesome. sign. Yeah, because that means that then you can write things versus when you can't hear any of your characters. And then it's a lot harder to make things happen. Yeah. So, is. yeah. So I think epistolary and then maybe blog posts and then a really frustrated narrator. I like it. Or, I mean, November 3rd's coming, and who knows what will happen then. So, Probably some new thing. So what percentage chance yes. is there that come yes. December you'll let me actually read it? Uh, I mean, <laughs> let's see if I write this story or not. 
And then let's see how much of it is semi-autobiographical, and then we will decide from there. Okay. Okay. If it's going to scar me, like, I don't want to read it, but, like, if it turns out happy, which would be awesome, then, then yeah. I mean, they only ever turn out happy, so that... That's I can, true. You never there's a 99% chance that my story will turn out happy. Mine will be happy, too, except for the dead people. I mean, that, you know. They had it coming. I'm sure they did, whoever they are. Or if not, they're in a better place now. Sure. Or something. Sure. Sure. It'll be amazing. Yeah, sure. It's bound to be. How can it not be? It's NaNoWriMo. It's true. Um, I only have ever let somebody read one of my stories as I wrote it, and it was my Nana. And I sent her my pages every day after I wrote them, and my uncle printed them out for her. Wow. Yeah. That's brave. Because the work, um, I will say, one of the worst things you can do is to let somebody read your NaNoWriMo, Nano, NaNoWriMo novel while you're making it. It's yes, dangerous. she she but understood she not to give me feedback, right, and it was nana. my Nana. It's your Nana, so it's okay. But yeah. other than that, don't show it to your friends, coworkers, relatives, spouse, children, random people on the street, any anything. Don't do it. Right. No, because then they'll tell you things that you don't want to know. Yes. And they'll give you ideas, and then you'll just be annoyed with them, or worse, it will, like, ruin your book. Or Yeah. yeah. Maybe so. Very good. Very good. So there we are. Ready for NaNoWriMo? Gonna do Ready it. for NaNoWriMo. It's going to be awesome. The only question that remains is, uh, what are we going to do on our next podcast? I don't know. Um, that'll be exciting. We, we could talk about two of your, uh, what is it, uh, cozy, what's it? Snuggling books? Yeah. Cozy punk. I mean, while I write another one. Yeah. While you write another one, uh, which yeah. are our books both of us have already read, which would give us a bit of a, but we have not discussed, which would give us a bit of a break since it is NaNoWriMo time. And those are both great books for me to reread during this time. There you go. So. One is of The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet uh, yes. by Becky Chambers. And the other one is... Uh, this is How You Lose the Time War. This is How You Lose the Time War, which is epistolary. It is. I just loaned narrators. out. Yeah, I just loaned out my coffee again. Did you? Yeah. Um, yeah. One of our friends didn't finish it, and I'm still friends with them. But man. Yeah, I feel. Yeah. You know, I feel that way about Station Eleven. Sometimes, like if you if you just don't like it or just can't finish it, I'm like, well, I'm gonna look at you a little differently. Right. Uh, like I was like, but could I, I just sit I next to you while you keep reading? Because yeah, yeah, I think yeah. you should keep reading. I will say but. that that I found it, and I'll just a spoiler for next time. It's not the easiest read I've ever read. No. No, it's a difficult read. So I get that. Sometimes books are work, and it's, you know, which doesn't mean they're not great. It just means that they're work. So does that sound good to you? We're going to discuss yes. more of your cozy punk. Hope punk. Hope punk. Found family. Found family. Epistolary. Science fiction books. Yes. Next and time. then for the future future, you should think of stuff you want me to read. Okay, I'll work on it. So, okay. Yeah. I got it. I'm so far behind on my TBR. It's astonishing. That is like the most nano prep thing I've ever heard. Yes. <gasps> you know what I'm going to do to finish my nano prep today? Read books? No. Oh. Take a picture of all my library books <laughs> on my library shelf and then um, <laughs> send it to myself to deliver December 1st and then return them all. Excellent. That's awesome. Remove temptation. I was going to say, I have returned a lot of books because I'm like, book, I love you, but I'm just not going to get to you before December. So I'll let someone else enjoy you until exactly. then. Exactly. 
Sounds good. Because all those people not writing stories in November, they need things like yeah. books to read. Books. Yeah, because they have sad lives, but they're not writing books. Yeah, we'll be writing our own stories. We will. We will. Sounds awesome. So next time on the Book Evangelist podcast, we will be reading The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet. And this is how you lose the time war and discussing them. Thank you for listening to the Book Evangelist podcast. Please remember to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Notes for this and previous episodes are available on the Book Evangelist website. Send us your comments and, of course, your book recommendations at thebookevangelists at gmail.com.